0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good morning, Commanders fans. What's going on? Anthony Armstrong here, the original one three. You already know what it is. Another episode of Believe in Commanders, and the season is officially over. We are in the offseason now. Super Bowl happened on Sunday I know you were watching 123.4 million obviously it'd be one two three four 123.4 million people tuned in to the Super Bowl it was a uh, splendiferous affair I feel like Don King over here Um, there was a lot going on in that game I think it was by far one of the best Super Bowls that I can remember um, in recent history. And even though I was cheering for Kyle Shanahan and Trent Williams, Leonard Hankerson, Willie Sneed, a lot of the people that I know, I was cheering for San Francisco to get them a Super Bowl because I wanted to see those guys uh, elated and holding up that trophy. But you cannot doubt the greatness of patrick mahomes i mean he has definitely entrenched himself in the best quarterback in the world conversation um it's one is him and after that you just figure it out from there it almost doesn't matter because the chiefs had the most difficult stretch to get to the super bowl than any team in 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 history i i think they had to beat miami and Otaga Tagovailoa. They had to take down the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen. They had to take down Lamar Jackson on the road. And then they went over there and handled Brock Purdy and the rest of the 49ers squad. Um, those Chiefs are good. Andy Reid, good. He's a GOAT coach, a Hall of Fame coach. Um, that, that was an absolutely awesome performance. I mean, all the way around, it was it was just a great game. Um, and I can tell you the, the play that there's two plays that stuck out for me for San Francisco. Because coming into this thing, I said that uh, San Francisco had to play a clean game. When you're playing against great quarterbacks, great teams, I mean, just great special quarterbacks like Brady, Mahomes, you can't give these guys free possessions. You cannot give them the ball back. And that. Lapse in—I uh, don't—I'll I'll say lapse in urgency. Maybe whenever the, uh, the 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 ball hit the defend uh, hit the punt return team hit him on his foot, and then Ray Ray McCloud tried to pick it up, and he ended up fumbling and not getting that ball back. That gave Kansas City, you know, uh, another possession, and it was in the red zone, and they scored that very next play to Marquez Valdez scantley You can't give teams like that those opportunities. Um, when you look at you are hearing about. San Francisco not knowing about the new overtime rules. I was a little bit – I scratched my head about it as well. But I think it was – I think I had heard that rule. Uh, But, you know, I feel like they changed that a little while ago. But I'm not sure. Either way, that's that's another bit of something that you got to pay attention to. Um, just as you move forward, because I can guarantee you Shanahan led team is not going to not know that. And every other NFL team is going to have plenty of overtime rules um, meetings and go over how those different scenarios are uh, because re- really guys, the, the best teams are really good at situational football. Bill Belichick did it. He, you practice the situations and I, I recall times where you would run a play in practice and they would script it for a very specific coverage. Let's say cover two, for example. And inside of that coverage, they would only run it against that coverage, I should say. And I remember sitting back looking saying, well, what if the defense doesn't run that coverage? You know, what if, what if you're not able to get them into that cover two and they're in a cover three um, sometimes you see quarterbacks that get that get locked into operating a certain way because they're expecting a certain coverage and it ain't there. So um, it's interesting to see um, that those small situations come up, but it's it's almost a personification of life, man. You can't let the small things pile up on you; they will compound and they can take you down. They can take you down. And and frankly, on that flip side, I was thinking that. The Chiefs were going to have a many many meltdown of sorts, uh, and I don't say meltdown, but just I, I felt like their their the drops and the and the uh, mental mistakes that they've had throughout the year. I thought that was going to come back and bite them, but Patrick Mahomes is so good that he takes you above and beyond all of that. Uh, they were two point dogs over there at BetOnline.ag. You can use our code over there, Believe B L E A V, get your fifty percent welcome bonus. You can still bet on some NFL futures. You can bet on some NFL draft action. Who do you think is going to be the number one overall pick? We'll talk more about that as we go throughout this offseason, get to do some more mock drafts and things of that nature. You've got MLB, you've got NBA, you've got NHL, eSports. you got all types of sports over there at BetOnline. Go check those good folks out. Shout out to them for holding us down over here at BetOnline.ag. Uh, I want to know this much, though, folks. Let me know over there on Twitter, Believe Commanders, at Believe Commanders, or at Rated Armstrong. That's me. Let me know what is your thought about the Usher's performance, halftime show. Um, being 40 years old, listening to that music took me back to college. I was I was at uh, the uh, Midnight Rodeo, uh, the Piranha Room, Club Oxygen up in Amarillo, doing the thunderclap, carrying on. Doing the A Town Stomp when those songs came out, so it felt good to hear those songs. Um, Alicia Keys was looking great. Her came out there, was rocking the guitar. It's exciting, man. It was it was a really good halftime show. Uh, it, it's not the best of all time. I think Michael Jackson had an amazing one. Prince's was amazing, but Usher's uh, Usher's was good. It was a solid performance. Um, and 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 we I would be re- remiss if I didn't mention that Beyonce still found a way to come in there and take that thing over. I mean, it's, it's genius. Now, this is not Believe Commander's content, basically, but this is this is just genius. When you think about this much, you got Taylor Swift in the building. So you already know there's about another 100 million Swifties that are watching this Super Bowl. Usher's doing the Super Bowl show. He He's running. You can see Joe Pompliano. He covers business and sports. He, he was reading on and on about, uh, how the cost of the Super Bowl halftime show, and that he doesn't get paid the money. Um, Apple Music pays fifty million to the I- NFL, and and they, they use those funds to help put on the show. Um, and a lot of times, those artists put out their own money to do this, but it ends up being a big marketing campaign because you get the most amount of eyes on you. So Usher has a tour; he probably can go out there and grab yourself uh, some tickets to go. That he's coming through Dallas in October. Uh, so so Usher's on tour now. He's released an album. Then uh, you flip it and think about this. Beyonce ran her ad directly after that with Verizon. And she released two songs. She has an album coming out in March on the 29th. That's my birthday, by the way. Remember that. And it's just genius. It's genius to see how that happened. You think about the week-long marketing campaign that she had. Um, Check out Atmadi Woodard on Instagram. He broke that down extremely well. Um, talking about how Beyonce used the Super Bowl and the Grammys and just everything to kind of slowly release content and get people hyped up for her. Um, So even though she's not working the halftime show, she was still working the halftime show. So shout out to them, folks. Shout out to them. Now let's get back to some football talk real quick. We talked about the Super Bowl. We talked about about Beyonce and, and Usher and all of that. But let's talk about ball. There have been some hirings over there for the commanders on the coaching staff. They've already hired Larry Izzo as special teams coach, whose special teams units have been in the top 10 in the NFL of the past three seasons while he was out there in Seattle. So that is a great hire. Uh, But now you see a former player, uh, a former Dallas Cowboy, uh, former linebacker, and a former Staff mate, staff member of Dan Quinn's in Seattle, Ken Norton Jr. is among three coaches hired to the commander's staff. Ken Norton, if you didn't know him, he played, Ken Norton Jr., I should say. Ken Norton Jr. played linebacker in the NFL for a very long time and uh, plays at a high level. So I'm excited for this hire simply because you're going to get to see some, you have to see some improvement from your linebackers now. You have to see the, you see the investment in developing those people and you also see that they're they're hiring people and they're hiring people that are going to develop these guys every single hire um is something that you can say okay all right yeah this makes sense um let's see bobby johnson was hired as offensive line coach he was most recently with the giants and John Pagano has also been hired to the defensive staff as well. Uh, so John, probably brother of Chuck Pagano. Chuck Pagano was a defensive coordinator in this league for a while. Uh, but going back to Ken Norton, he was previously on the same staff with Quinn in Seattle as a linebackers coach back in two, 2010 to 2014. So um, I played against him when he was coaching. I'm not old enough to play against him when he was playing in the game. Uh, before that he was the uh, after that he was the Raiders defensive coordinator for 2015 to 2017. then he returned to the Seahawks defensive coordinator position from 2018 to 2021 then was let go after four seasons. I think he went back down to UCLA, got a little action in the college game and now he's back up. Uh, Pagano was previously with the Denver Broncos as outside linebackers coach. He also has experience as a defensive coordinator from stints with the Chargers and with the Raiders. So what you see and what I see with a lot of these hires is that you have coaches who have been at high positions on their team, not necessarily head coaches. And and some of these guys are young, but they've got experience. They've got the leadership experience. And, and the way I look at it is that this is an investment in these in these players and, and whoever you draft, and saying that we're going to be able to pour into them, we're going to be able to develop them. One from experience, playing experience with guys like Ken Norton, and then from being experienced acro- across the league. Uh, Bobby Johnson, Larry Idzo played in the game. Pagano was a DC, right? And and his his brother was a DC, Chuck Pagano. These guys, uh these men that are joining this roster and these, this this coaching staff, um, it, it it it's like. It's like the, uh, the uh, it's like the Autobots assembling or something like that. Right. It's like the Marvel, all the Marvel co- uh, players, uh, characters coming up out of the water, jumping up onto the side of the of the, you know, the, the ocean or whatever it is. But you're seeing names come in and it makes a lot of sense. There's not a lot of like, well, who's that guy or this is so and so son and they're just bringing him up so he can be in the mix. You're bringing in some talented people. Um, who've been in this game for a while, and they're going to bring a lot of value to this roster. I think it makes a lot of sense, and I think it's exciting to see. Um, Any young coaches that get hired, man, take all the notes you can, soak in all this tutelage. Um, And same thing for young players. Be humble, be teachable, be coachable, because you're going to get a lot of work. Oh, I forgot one to add. Ryan Kerrigan's coming back. Ryan Kerrigan has been, is returning as a pass rush specialist uh, d- uh, defensive line. I think it's a, a defensive line coach, something along those lines. So uh, familiar face on the sidelines. Ryan Kerrigan will be there. He'll get the help work, keep working with those, those young defensive linemen and helping them uh, develop their game as well. So it's been a good quick. Uh, a good a good, a good, good few days here for the commanders. A good few days in the coaching staff-wise are building this thing up. You're going to have one of the more deep coaching staffs because out of Brian Johnson being on the offensive side and Cliff Kingsbury, uh, then Dan Quinn and Joe Witt, like who gets to be the assistant head coach? That's a thing. I mean, there's a lot of people who are walking in here that have a lot of clout and have a lot of uh, uh, notches in their belt, if you will, in relation to, they experience in this league and in this game so it's, it's a great thing to see it is a great thing to see everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah you get it every time and if you love the filet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Now, I want to go back to just a couple of thoughts that I had while I was watching the Super Bowl. Um, and, and these are just a few quick ones. Number one, I was sipping on a little bit of Maker's Mark, Bill Jr.'s 46 cask. Um, so I was enjoying that, doing the dishes watching the game, Um, I got to say, number one, shout out to Leonard Hankerson, former Washington uh, receiver and drafted in the third round in in 2011 out of Miami. Uh, He had those receivers prepared. Uh, they had him prepared. Juwan Jennings threw a touchdown pass, catches a touchdown pass on a good slant, breaking a tackle, and then diving in the end zone. Uh, Chris Conley was making plays on special teams and had a couple of catches as well. Obviously, Debo doing his thing. um, And and mean, when you're going up against McDuffie and Snead, those guys are really good at what they do. So you had to get to your third and fourth receivers, and they were able to do that. So shout out to Leonard for having those guys prepared. Um, Eric Armstead, that dude's an animal. I mean, he was absolutely, absolutely dominating in the middle for a while there. Um, and let's see here. Number one, there's no number three, I guess. Number three, got to give Chase Young some flowers, man. He showed up, he responded to the criticism. They were talking about benching him. He needed more effort. He showed up, had one and a half, what, two sacks, something like that. Showed up early, uh, showed up often. Obviously Andy made some adjustments later on, but the guy, the guy really showed up and, and, and stepped up to the uh stepped up to that challenge. Uh you know I was I was wondering if this was going to be a passing of the torch type situation. Uh Patrick Mahomes said, "Nah, I'm good. I'm going to hold this for a little bit longer." Um then let's see what else I got. The the kickers. The kickers showed up, man. The kickers showed up. They that they were making some big kicks. Obviously, the one got blocked, but they made some really really big kicks. Uh, And in pressure situations, I mean, going into overtime and trying to keep the game close like that, that's tough. uh, And they made that happen. And last bit is had somebody mentioned on Twitter. They said there was a their hot take was the 49ers need to move on from Brock Purdy and they need to get a quarterback. I don't agree. I don't agree at all. I think that Brock Purdy played a damn good game. Um, the one thing that I would say Brock Purdy could add, and it's just, and it comes with the experience and the trust from the head coach is a little bit of effort, a little bit of effort. One of those ones where you look over and you, and you, and you give your your guy the look, you give him a hand signal and then you, you, and y'all know it's a double move because of something that you see on the defense, right? Being able to get into a play that's better, um, rather than sitting back and, and, and letting, you know, Kyle call everything. Um, and which he's, he does a good job at that, but there are times where you're going to need to go off script, right? But if you go off script, you better be right. You better be right. So uh, it makes me think of, uh, think of Rex Grossman. Okay. We used to have a hand signal, um, that would turn a route into a double move and Rex, we had a connection. We had a connection. He would look at me in the huddle and I know the ball was coming my way, even if it wasn't a part of the read. He'd just look over there and be like, you're getting this rock? Go make me right. And there were countless amounts of times where Rex would look over, see a look that he liked and would just give me a double move signal. Um, And then you go out there and execute it. When you execute it, You make him him right. Everybody's happy at the end of the day. So that's the one thing I would say I would add to Brock Brock Purdy's game. He throws a very catchable pass. He understands timing. He understands the scheme. He's able to deliver the ball. I mean, he's made some hellified reads. uh, the, The play, I think it was a second and six where he was getting rushed from his right side, and then he quickly aborted all the way back to Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey was going supposed to be late in that progression. He got to him quickly and was able to get a big gain. I think they picked up a first down on that play as well. So he's good. Brock Purdy can play. Brock Purdy can play. Um what I just want him to get, be able to go one step further, make those big boy throws, as I like to call them, to where he is able to say, forget it, F it. I'm going double move here, or I'm going to throw this go ball. I can make these things. He can make big throws. He can make them, but I want him to add that little extra bit. There was a, there was a, a thing going on. You saw the difference between game managers and game changers. Um, I don't think that. I don't, I don't. I don't. I don't think that's a very fair assumption to say that he's just a manager. Um, he's a hell of a manager if you want to if you want to put him on that. Um, but in some regards. Patrick Mahomes is a hell of a manager. He's just able to lift up everybody, and he's able to make all these plays. Uh, and he's not in that same position as as a uh, as a Brock Purdy. So I think Brock Purdy's still going to be good. I think he's going to still be good. He's going to be able to have another year of experience, see that much more tape, and be able to go out there and take advantage of what he sees. So Brock Purdy's going to be good, but Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, man, they're tough. They're tough. They're going to be good. Let me know this much. Shout out to us. Uh, give us a shout out over there on Twitter. I believe commanders. Do you think the Chiefs are going to have a three-peat? Obviously, they're going to have to go through the commanders to get there. I know. I know. But let me know on Twitter. I believe commanders at rated Armstrong. Do you think the Chiefs are going to have that three-peat? You can also tune into us on TuneIn Radio, Sirius XM, Watch Stadium, and even on Reach TV. Check me out on the game plan. Uh, doing some of those every now and again. So if you're out there traveling, you'll see me. Okay, so I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you tuning in. I'm going to let you guys go. Don't forget to check out betonline.ag. Use our code BELIEVE. This is Anthony Armstrong. Y'all be easy. Talk to y'all later.